0: Good morning, and welcome to another episode of the Saved and Sassy podcast with myself, Randy Mendez, and my co-host who just jumped in here, and I'm going to add her, Crystal Riley. Good morning, friend. How are Good you? Good morning. I'm wonderful. How are you? That was like perfect timing. I had just went live, so that was perfect. Um, <laughs> welcome to another Monday, right? Oh, Yes. Well, on that note, we, I was just kind of announcing what we're going to be talking about today. So we're going to be, you know, diving a little bit into Peter two nine, and we're going to be talking about, you know, so, so our title is actually like claiming your royalty. And here's the thing. I just think that it's a very um, convoluted line that we walk as women today because we couldn't live in a more women empowered centric world, right? The world screams women empowerment, women's rights, yet I think we couldn't be further away from what the actual royalty for women in a kingdom concept looks like.
1: Um, Well, yes, right. (laughs) I totally agree. I mean, it is crazy how interest uh, it's, we're in an interesting season in our world. Um, I I don't even know how to put words on it. Um. It's funny yesterday uh, our
0: pastor was speaking and I was like, I wonder what sermons look like in the (laughs) seventies, because there's so much, obviously, you know, we live in such a a broken world in many ways, in many ways. Right. But at the same token, we can see, you know, God's work and a revival at foot also. But, you know, it's just interesting to think like, you know,
1: what did sermons used to look like just because there's so much right now. There's so much, right. Um, But human, it's, it's, human interpretation. Like every sermon is different. You can have the same scripture mm-hmm. and have different interpretations, um, depending on your beliefs. I mean, I know right. God's word is God's word, but then you have people that interpret it. Yeah. I, differently. I, that's a whole nother topic though. I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> it
0: is. But I think on that point, you know, we're living in the times that we're living in because we were meant to, because we are a chosen generation, right? Believers, um, you know, believers have been chosen and selected by God for a purpose. And I think that that's one of the first things that is absolutely I'm, I'm working on not saying I think that is absolutely one of the things we as women need to understand is that, you know, um, don't get me wrong, like I I would love to have been in, you know, the homesteading era or whatever. And that's kind of a trendy thing. Like I'm in this era, I'm in that era. But all kidding aside, like we are living in the era that we were meant to live in because we are a chosen generation and we have a specific purpose here, right? Right. And Mm -hmm. so one of the things um, that I will share, just just because I always come from that awesome place of, you know, like what's happening to me actively right now, I woke up so heavy yesterday. I, the last few days, um, again, I think, and we talk about this a lot when we live in surrender in a perfect theory, the closer we are to God, the easier things go. And I think sometimes that's what we hope for, right? Like if we're living a wholesome life, if we're praying, if we're going to church, if we're doing all the right things, then it's going to be easier. And I just, I chuckle at that because I find (laughs) that the closer I am to God, the more messed up I am, not in a bad way, but like, he's just, I mean, he's just in there working. He's like always turning the things. And so just a couple little things happened on Saturday and it was like, he was like, hey. Uh-uh, you're not that prideful person anymore. I'm going to point this out and then I'm going to point this out. And so then I was stewing on those a little bit. Right. And then I'm struggling. You know, I, I joked very naughtily, like shouldn't have made this joke, but I was like, I'm going to be in bulking season for a while. And boy, that worked. So I gained like 20 pounds. <laughs> so I'm like wrestling with my weight. And so I ate poorly on Saturday. So I wake up on Sunday, just heavy. And I think it was really a wrestling of my spirit with like, okay, this is not who you are. And then also the heaviness of like the junk food and all the things. And and I just was yawning. And my gosh, the enemy was working hard with distraction to keep me from going to church. But I went to church. And when I sat there, Crystal, something that really spoke to me during the message was how we focus on how we feel, we focus on the conviction that hits us. And then like the, yuck, I sh- how, how did I mess up again? Or how did I act that way? And I was just doing, stu- and, 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 and our, our sin looks different as we grow as a believer, right? So like mm-hmm. my husband, are you kidding me? Like you did nothing wrong, but I was just stewing in it, right? Um, and, and not stewing in God's goodness, not stewing in God's redemption, so I want to I bring that to the conversation for our listeners, because it's so important that, yes, you do recognize that immediate conviction, and you understand that as a woman with royalties you know, of the kingdom, you have that direct access to God, and that direct access does mean a continual stirring inside of you and a continual convicting, but when we get convicted, we're not to sit in the conviction, we're to sit in God's glory.
1: Yeah, I like that. I mean, and it, it's true. We it, that's just that's in that place of surrender and God's grace and his forgiveness and he doesn't and that's where the enemy holds us and binds us up, right? If we sit in that inner conviction or in our shame or guilt or whatever. Yeah, I mean I I think I'm getting better about not sitting in the shame and the guilt and the condemnation even when I'm convicted and surrendering not to God and then living in his grace right um doing a little bible study right now and that was one of the questions like that i answered it had to do i was going to pull it out really quick um because i I think that that's important it says you know have you ever forgotten a mistake or sin only to remember it later have you Mm -hmm. ever been convinced you were right only to realize later how completely wrong you were who did you hurt what was that like then the second question is: When the burden of your sin feels too heavy to bear, how are you tempted to respond? Do you try to forget? Do you try to pay it? Um, you try to pay it for yourself. Do you deflect or make, make light of it, or do you react some other way? And why do you think this is your typical response to sin? I usually like make light of it. Right. Right. I mean, I take it to God. I pray, but like, I do. I joke about it. Like, anytime it's like a stress, or I think that's my natural reaction is to kind of like poke fun. Cause I think we're all so flawed right? and God right. loves us, but then is that the right way to handle it is to poke fun at it? Probably not. I probably should repent a little bit more. That was my conviction <laughs> with it. Well, that,
0: so let's see. And I think this is where the conversation is really powerful is like you said earlier, you know, interpretation is extremely powerful, which that is a whole nother topic because the, the Bible is not meant to be, it's meant to be applicable to you know, like understanding the context of which it was said, but but it's meant to be God's truth and not our interpretation. But mm-hmm. when it comes to this, I think it's really interesting because, like you said, you're kind of lighthearted, kind of like, all right, it's at your feet; it's not my, you know, not my struggle, not my deal anymore. Where I do something equally as bad but different, which is I just sit and stew in it, and I'm like, my gosh, like I just, my gosh, my gosh, and and neither of them, right? are actually honoring to God and to his capability and to how quick he can cleanse us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I really think that that's a powerful takeaway is if you're a, a woman listening to this and you, you know, you have those setbacks and you have those moments. And again, I just want to preface it like the closer you are to God, the more you exist in a continual place of, conviction, right? That conviction just comes quicker. It comes swifter. It comes more frequently because he is really refining us. He, he's refining us. And so when you do that, it's twofold. It is allowing the con- conviction, which it sounds like you need this a little bit, Crystal, to allow the conviction to, to have a little more substance to it. Um, but then on my side, it's letting it go because not because Oh, it's no big deal. I landed at his feet, but no, because he is God. He is sovereign. He, you know, Jesus died on the cross so that I could be forgiven for this sin, and that's amazing. And so it's twofold. It's like I think we could be better. We could we could exist in awe of God better. Like, man, how good is it? Like, honestly, like how I was thinking about this, Crystal, on on Saturday. I so I was sitting in my heaviness for a minute because that's what I do. <laughs> So I was sitting there like, why did I mess up? Because I'm very me focused. I should be better than that. I should have done better because I still, as a believer, have this deep rooted truth that somehow I am going to be this fantastic person. Right. The realization that no matter how good our heart is, that we are still going to be a dirty sinner of this world without God is a really hard realization when you, when you quote unquote, have that good heart. Right. So I was sitting there, you know, in my wallow about like, how could I still be this? And then for a minute, I let the right thoughts creep in. And it was like, how cool is this that I'm not, I'm actually not that person anymore. And I'm aware of when I begin to slip into my natural tendency, because Mm -hmm. of God, because God is so active in my life, because I've, I've, Invited him in, that he is here, and he that can that quickly course correct me mm-hmm. and remind me I am not that person anymore.
1: Yeah, I, I mean I love the deeper we are in relationship with him, the quicker he is to remind us. I mean we're all sinners. I I remember being, uh, you know, newer into like my, not newer in my faith because I've been a believer since I was a little girl, but like when I really started going to church. And really digging more into that more than just the personal relationship Um, and listening to um, a sermon talking about like how, I mean, really just how crappy we are as humans in the flesh. And then Jesus is the only perfect person. So we're really never going to be perfect. So that helped shift Where for a lot of years I had like this idea that I had to be perfect all the time. Like everything, everything in life had to be perfect, but that's not reality because I will never be perfect because I have, you know, because there is Jesus and he is the only perfect person. But that shifted my perspective where I probably give myself too much grace for screwing up. Right. And then I've had that realization. So then it's OK, well, how do you find that balance where you don't like sit in your crap, but you don't be like, oh, I'm going to go sit and yay for God's grace,
0: you know. Right, right, right. Well, and I mean, honest and we won't go down too far down this rabbit hole, but also, you know, not having a healthy balance of the two is where religion comes Mm -hmm. in and religion gets very muddy right because all of a sudden we start to believe because we have a belief or because we have a uh a denomination that it gives us some kind of, you know what I mean? So without going in there, but you said something really powerful that I kind of want to back up for our listeners and I want to give them some action steps on, which is how do you navigate this? How do you navigate this? We, we talk about living a surrendered life. We talk about living a life that allows God to stew within us and, and give us conviction. Um, but, but really, how do we move forward with some action steps to not be too far over, not be the crystal or not be the Randy and just kind of, you know, like do the middle ground. And I think one of it is, Is there a middle ground? I think the right ground is the middle ground. I think God's ground is the middle. He's like, one day I'm going to rope you two in here. (laughs) But um, I think number one is understanding your identity. So again, I've said Mm. this so many times. Once upon a time... I was going to write a New York bestseller. It was going to be sold off the charts. And the title of the book was going to be my one self-indulgence. And I have no doubt to this day that it would have been that bestseller. I also have no doubt to this day that it would have been the most disrespectful thing I could have ever done to God. And it was because my identity was rooted in the world and not the word. And Mm -hmm. so I think, number one, make sure that you're really diving into who your identity is. And I've never been much of a journaler, but you know what? Journaling can be really powerful if you're starting to try to focus on like, who am I, right? Like I said to you, I was stuck because I don't want to be this egotistical person and my nature naturally tends to be a little prideful, right? Maybe a lot prideful. <laughs> um, and so I could say, I'm, I am I don't want to be a prideful person, but it shouldn't be. I don't want to be a prideful person or I'm not a prideful person. It should be who I am, as a daughter of a king, who I am as God's child, right? So seeking out books, like you kind of said, you're doing a Bible study that gave you some aha moments, like, hey, maybe I'm not taking this serious enough. So seeking out those resources that help us to dive deeper into our understanding mm-hmm. of our identity as a chosen child of God, right? Um, and, and then prayer and worship. And so I think being intentional in prayer, I don't know about you, but again, speaking from a place of conviction, it's like the last month or so, I am going, going, going. I'm doing all the things. I'm like, again, I'm a winning woman of the world. Like how every day there's people that are like, how do you do it all? But then God's getting my leftovers. It's Mm -hmm. bedtime. And I'm like one eye open and I'm falling asleep while I'm praying, which in theory, like maybe it's not a bad thing to pray when you to fall asleep praying, but it's not a good thing to fall asleep on God when you're actually giving him time. And then you're like, I'm too tired and I fall asleep. Right. So establishing that consistent, prioritized daily prayer. And, um, and, and I think it's also important, like, because this is our reality, we are doing all the things, experiment with different types of uh, uh, times and different forms. Like, you know, some people love to sing. I'm not
1: <laughs> some love People singing. are really good at singing, singing. You're right. No, no. I mean, I love worship music and I play it all the time. And I think that it changes like the energy, like of my home. So right. when I, and I, so I love the worship music and what it does for I mean, sometimes I play it really loud and I leave my house and I'll leave it playing. And then, you know, of course, when I get home, it's not on, but, um, but it sets the tone for like, when my family is home and it, it just changes. And I, I'm, I'm hoping in my head it changes because there's, they're hearing God, right? There's, and that's what they come into. Oh. Crystal's got her worship music on again, or what? Right, right, right. Um, I don't ever. They don't ever say anything to me. It just they turn it off. Um, Not everybody in my house feels the same way as I. We'll have to
0: do a podcast on worship music because I'm trying to switch my family. Because again, you know, we go through seasons. And when my kids were little, I was in a different season. I absolutely unequivocally, like you said, had my relationship with God. And boy, I mean, that relationship got me through great things. But I didn't have necessarily the biblical understanding of what we were. You know, like I, I didn't understand the importance of music and what, what we let our children listen to. And so needless to say, I like most people, you know, from the eighties and nineties, let my kids listen to a good amount of uh, rap music. And I'm trying, to switch them to, I'm trying to switch them to Christian rap as adults. And Jordy's like, mom, I'm really trying. It just hits different. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so we can talk about that on another podcast, but, but, you know, Crystal, another thing I want our listeners to know is that the, um, so somebody's laughing at that. It's just a little bit different. But, but Jordy was trying. I should have recorded it. Like she was she was trying in the car. <laughs> but, um, you know, our, our wor- I mean, you know, worship can look differently. So it could be singing. It could be instrumental. It could be a different creative in, in expression. It's just that time. You know, that's why there's also like coloring Bibles. I have a coloring Bible, right? There, it, it can look different. But it's just the me- the purpose behind it is deepening your connection to God. And I made my prayer area, and I'm working on that prayer area because just sitting in that specific area with his scent and 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 just kind of slowing down works for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing that I really want to make sure we we emphasize to our our listeners is community. So another area that just kind of spoke to me yesterday at church is I am so tremendously blessed to have good relationships, both personal and professional, come outside of my church. And it was interesting to me because, again, I'm just being transparent here. Um, These are people that I love you. I love doing life with you. I love doing life with Angela. I have three or four clients actively in our church right now who I love, and I'm getting to help them with the most exciting things of, like, leaving suburban life and beginning rural life. And so I love all of these people. Yet the truth is, come Sunday morning, I am struggling to be like, outgoing and engage. And it's kind of like I have sometimes this mentality of like, all right, let's get into church and let's get out of church. And why? That's not a good thing. And that is obviously the enemy. So I think we really want you to take away that community is so vital, actively participating, actively participating. Keywords, right? Not showing up you know, and, and, and blowing out. Right. But but actively participating in small groups, in Bible studies, in in your service. Right. This allows us to foster deeper connections with fellow believers and it initiates intentional conversations mm-hmm. with other women that understand that we are meant to be women of the word, not women of the world. I'll give you an example, Crystal. Uh, Jordi and I put out a video. So if anybody follows me on Instagram, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of pivoting in my content um, from scripted to just, you know, like real authentic moments. Right. And so I'm really enjoying having conversations with Jordi and then capturing those on video and posting them. And so we were having a debate about if I'm too old to say AF, right. And, um, and we all know what AF Is an acronym for. And I don't know if it's an acronym or an abbreviation. This is still out for debate as well. (laughs) And in fact, if you read the chat comments, there's like all this debate on what it is. But I do say as freak, I do say as freak, like that is creepy as freak, but we all know what it actually is. And I had a friend of mine who is in Texas who I love her to death. Um, she is she she I, I really admire her walk, and she was like, Well, we know what it stands for, so maybe we don't use it at all. And of course. If I'm being honest, Crystal, there was that first sting because when another believer calls us on something, it never feels fantastic, right? Mm -hmm. So there was the moment of sting, like, oh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then there was the moment of gratitude, like, thank you, because you're right. You're right. You know, it is. It is, right? So it was a fun topic. I allowed myself to not overthink it and delete the post. I allowed myself not to go crazy and be like, am I glorifying saying the F word? <laughs> so you, but, you
1: deleted the post or you didn't delete? No, that? I
0: didn't. I didn't. I didn't. No. Right. So I didn't go off my rocker because we as women can do that. But bottom line is I shared that as an example of how when we have those women, how simple little things they can just remind us. So, yeah, it was a debate. I'm Debate one. I don't think I'm too old to say it but I'm probably too deep in my relationship with God to say it because it doesn't bring glory to him. So that not was not necessarily the context of why it was put out there, but because I have a strong community and because mm-hmm. I had a friend who walks in the word, she was able to say something that allowed me to have a victory that was unexpected in, you know what I mean? So, so having that spiritual network. Delivers a different level of accountability than the world will ever give us.
1: And I think that's very important. I mean, those are great action steps, all of them. Like, yeah, the journaling. And I mean, really, God just wants our time, He wants our hearts. So, like, I try to wake up and start my day just talking to Him, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like. And then I try to end my day in all the things that I'm grateful for and thanking Him for, right? Mm-hmm. Those are my two. And then, you know, I like to pray for parking spaces too if I'm out and about. about. The little stuff <laughs> right little stuff. um and then l- listening to worship music, uh, you know, I in my uh, and I do Bible studies um, which I think are really really good to be able to stay focused in his word and right. and the last the one I did last time was transformed. That was by Rick Warren. That was probably the best Bible study I've ever done. Really, uh, highly recommend it for every human out there and i think it should be something we do like once a year that's how good it is nice. because i think every time you do it you'll come out different and i don't think it would get in my head i don't i don't envision it getting old i think it would mm. just transform us to our next level Go well, and
0: it speaks to us. I sorry, I got excited there for a second um, because it speaks to us in the season we are. How many times have we read a scripture or we went through something and it spoke to us one way? Because again, we have that lens, right? We did a podcast previously that was whose lens are you using, right? Like, mm-hmm. who are you seeing this through? And we obviously in that podcast, we're talking about how important it is to see things through God's lens and not our own lens. But the bottom line is we are going to see things based off of where we are in the season of life we're in. And so it's going to hit completely different and speak to us differently. And so that's probably what the power in that. In that um Bible study you went through is is that man, it's like if you just redid this, you know, I always think of life as you know, quarters, right? Like if we're very, very blessed, we get four quarters.
1: But like each quarter you redo that and it's gonna say something completely different to you. Totally different. And it's a 40-day Bible study. And it's not like it's you don't have to pull your Bible out every single day and like write scripture. It just digs in, I mean, it does dig into his word, but it's different. It's digging more into you and transforming right. you. And so it's the only Bible study I've ever found. That I, I can't say it was easy. I mean, it was easy as far as a Bible study goes, but it was really transforming me and how I show up in all of the different areas of our lives in, you know, the, being in community in being um, our finances. I mean, just all the different in relationships. And right. so. Um, and then this new Bible study that I'm doing is journey to the cross. I'm failing it miserably. I'm on day six and I think I should be on like day 12. Um, but I traveled and I have 7,000 excuses, but that's here and or there grace, right? Like, thank gosh, thank God I can actually go when I can sit and take some time and catch up. You know, it might take me a couple of days, but because I really want to do it, but the thought provoking questions. And so I think it's really important to have all areas And it. And when you do a Bible study, it doesn't have to be some like super deep Bible study. It can be, right. you know, there's so many and such a variety. Um, Cause I've done some that were so overwhelming where you had to look up like 50 million scriptures and like dissect them. And I'm like, this is My so, mom is and
0: really- I'm not,
1: my mom's reading the
0: Bible in 40 days with the church, which I epically failed. I, I kept up for like seven days and 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 then I didn't. And so I had to go to the one year version, but um, my mom's doing it and I'm really proud of her. And she's actually ahead. She's like four days ahead, but she comes to me every day and she's like, I'm so confused. It's so much. She's like, I just, she's like in the begots. She's like, the begots have got me. <laughs> the begots have got me. I can't follow the begots. <laughs> so um, all of that to say that, I, I was thinking about that to your point, right? I was thinking about that. And it was like, it's so awesome that she's going to read the Bible. So I had to give myself permission because I was like, man, to be able to say I read the Bible in 40 days from front to back, which I you know, have struggled with, like that would be a huge win. But I don't know that it's the significance isn't reading the Bible. The significance is like understanding and diving in. And so I, I was like, it's okay to take a year to do that if I'm going to better comprehend it and get more from it,
1: right? Right. And I think I, gosh, I love that part because if you give yourself grace and, and cause you're, are you reading it to read it, to check the box and be like, Oh, I did that. Right. You know, or reading it because you truly want to be in God's word and understand it. And not that we're going to understand everything in the Bible because it can be very mm-hmm. confusing. Um, but. I think when we sit and t- and we ask God, like reveal to you, reveal to me what you want me to see in this scripture right. and help me understand it. It's a, it gives a different perspective of how to read the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, anybody yeah. can just read the, sit and read the Bible you might not understand it, but
0: yeah, you're so right. Well, and I think that that also applies to like our gifting. So, so we'll wrap it up here saying another action step, you know, is understanding your uniqueness and your purpose Mm -hmm. and understanding that we all have a different gift, right? Mm -hmm. Our gifting doesn't look the same. And I think, again, I got to work on that. I think it is so vital as a woman and a woman of faith and a woman of the word that you understand gifting is not meant to look alike because the world will so quickly put us into comparison and the world will so quickly continue to put the three people that we feel are killing it, you know, and crushing it at a higher level, right in front of us, just to make us feel less than. And so taking a personality assessment or you know, taking inventory of our spiritual gifts to better understand your unique strengths and how they can be used for God's kingdom is huge. I saw a reel yesterday um, that, oh, I lost Crystal, um, but I saw a reel yesterday that said something to the effect of like, follow me if you want to learn how to host people in your home without worrying about your home. And I just, I felt that because my first concern when hosting people is my home and how it looks and how it is. And then second is their experience. But, Bottom line is she was really focusing on the gift of hosting and, and diving deep into that and getting through the superficial stuff. So, so important to identify what your your gifting looks like so that you can get to the meat of that gifting. So, volu- so you can then volunteer your time and your talents to be in alignment with your passion and your gifting to maximize the impact for the kingdom. And so on that note, I'll wrap it up because, again, our heart is to help you take more ground for the kingdom. And so we just gave you some specific tactics and and action items and just kind of our Uh, real raw experiences. And so thank you so much for tuning in. Crystal is back just in time to say goodbye with us, but tune in next week. And also if you are not already in our Facebook community, the Saved and Sassy Society, get over there, um, request to join. We're working on bringing stuff in 2024 to that group. And then also if you're listening to us, um, wherever you're listening to us on whichever platform on podcast, please leave us a review. It helps us and uh, we want to make sure we're making an impact. So thanks guys. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Everybody.